In episode number three of the podcast, Forgotten Sound of Flamenco, I invite you to reflect on this question. Was the flamenco in the 19th century as we have been told in the flamenco history? I will give you some clues and arguments so that at the end of this episode, I hope you will have a more precise answer to this question, or at least I hope so. Sounds that once were listened, Sounds that once were enjoyed. Sounds that once were danced. Sounds relegated to oblivion. And yet, there is still something we can do for them. Let us summon them. Let us summon them. Welcome to the podcast Forgotten Sounds of Flamenco. My name is Jose Miguel Hernandez Jaramillo and I invite you to enroll in this journey through the sounds, stories, spaces and people that were part of the 19th century flamenco. How are you? I hope you are very well. I am very excited because our topic today is fascinating. But first, let me remind you that you can subscribe to this podcast on leading platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts or Evox. And you can also hear and watch each episode on the YouTube channel Sonidos Olvidados en Musicología Creativa. Thanks very much for sharing the podcast with your contacts. Many thanks. In this episode, I invite you to reflect with a straightforward question. Was flamenco in the 19th century really as has been told to us in flamenco books? And I ask this question because the stories of flamenco manage a narrative which is constantly in conflict with the realities that the researchers are finding with the new data found and the results of the musical analysis. This is an enormously complex subject which I do not intend to address in a single episode. So, I will give you some clues so you can have more elements for judgment to help you to answer this question. I will start from the fact that, in my opinion, there is not only one conception of flamenco in the 19th century. The history of flamenco that we have been told, even nowadays, is a linear, phylogenetic, unique and homogeneous history. However, there was not only one but several ways of understanding flamenco in the 19th century depending on who, where, and the context. For example, it is not the same when describing flamenco in a popular environment in Triana, Sacromonte, or Cadiz, for example, as it is when talking about flamenco in the theaters of Madrid, Barcelona, Paris, Mexico City, or New York. The second thing we have to consider is that from the first moment since flamenco was known as flamenco, it was present in all social strata and collective, from aristocratic or even royal gatherings to the musical practices of the most subalternized collective of the country. We find flamenco in the great theaters of Spain, France, England, Ireland, Cuba, Mexico, the States, uh, Venezuela, Peru, etc as well as in meetings and parties, in taverns or streets, or as part of the daily soundtrack of people in their domestic or professional work. It seems that flamencology has only told us a partial history, exclusively linked to subalternized groups, and that only with the appearance of the concert restaurants, called in Spanish cafés cantantes, flamenco became a performing art. We will see in future episodes of this podcast how it was not entirely the case. There is no doubt that flamenco was always a popular art, but it was also a performing art. I'd say that this commercial performing dimension made flamenco change so much in such a short period. 
as it was subject to a continuous process of creation and integration of foreign musics to satisfy the demands of an urban public that attended theaters and cafes. Thirdly, we should not consider flamenco as something ancestral. I still hear that we must go back to Greeks, Roman, or centuries ago to find traces of flamenco. This narrative is lovely, especially for those who love archaeology and history, but it is very complicated or impossible to prove its veracity. Flamenco has only a little more than a century and a half of history, and to go back so far in time, like centuries or even thousand years, to find flamenco elements seems reckless. Fourthly, flamenco was never really in danger of disappearing. After many years of research, I have yet to identify any historical period in which this was the case, quite the contrary. Obviously, the people who warned of this supposed danger has their arguments. In some episodes of this podcast, I will analyze why there was always this haunting ghost on the flamenco and from which positions, both epistemological and personal, these bad omens of the future of flamenco were enunciated. In contrast, the fifth aspect I would like to comment on is that flamenco was a global phenomenon, not only Andalusian. We find flamenco all over Spain and abroad from the beginning, and it was trendy, especially in the last quarter of the 19th century all over Spain. I would say the most popular music there was at that time. You only had to check online digital archives to find flamenco artists, songs and dances in every corner of Spain and many places in America and Europe. Therefore, considering flamenco only in Andalusia seems to me a very reductionist vision of the phenomenon. And I say this because, as you know, I am from Seville, I am Andalusian, and I am very proud of the cultural production that has always emanated from my area. Still, it is essential the consideration that flamenco had outside the Andalusian borders because it is a vital element to understand how flamenco came to be as we know it today. The sixth aspect refers to the fact that the history of flamenco has been written normally in a very local Andalusian environment, usually by Andalusian scholars, artists and writers. In the 19th century, the scholars of other parts of Spain, especially in the great capitals such as Madrid or Barcelona, only sometimes wrote well about flamenco. This was, among other reasons, because of the so-called anti-flamenco trend of the last decades of the 19th century, which I will explain in another episode. Therefore, history has necessarily biased and has excluded an essential part of the flamenco phenomenon. Seventh, flamenco music was written from the beginning and in abundant quantity. Therefore, it is possible to know flamenco music from prephonographic times. I will also talk about this deeply in future episodes. If you notice, some statements are still very present in flamencology, such as flamenco is oral tradition, therefore it is impossible to know how it was before the recordings. Or it is also common to hear something like the scores of flamenco songs are inspirations of composers, but they do not reflect how flamenco really was. What worries me the most is that this is still repeated today in the teaching of flamenco in conservatories or master in Spanish universities, as well as in campaigns and institutional productions such as educational texts and books for schools. This means that we are missing part of the richness and musical diversity that flamenco had in the 19th century. 
The eighth topic is the 19th century flamenco differs slightly from what we know today. Flamenco underwent a remarkable transformation at the beginning of the 20th century, so we should not research and analyze 19th century flamenco, considering it to be the same as contemporary flamenco. So, considering 19th century flamenco as today's flamenco may cause that some research results are only partially correct. I will give you an example. Years ago, it was published in YouTube the video of Carmencita. If you don't know this video, I recommend you to watch it. You can search it by Carmencita or Baile de Carmencita or Carmencita Dance. It was filmed in 1894 by Edison, and in this film, Carmen Dauset, Carmencita, from Almeria, appears performing one of her dances. Well, as I was saying, when this video was published, only by the way of dancing, without considering any other type of documentary or analytical sources, some researchers commented that what she was dancing was not flamenco, but some folkloric dance like the Jota. These people probably came to this conclusion because Carmencita's movements and steps in this film are not performed now in flamenco dancing. But this does not mean that they were not part of the flamenco dance at that time. And here is where I'd like to ask you, can we ignore this reality just because it doesn't conform the current flamenco dance standards? Well, I don't think so, because we would be missing out on a marvel that we are cancelling from the history of flamenco simply because of ignorance. Finally, the ninth aspect I would like to comment on is that, unfortunately, research on 19th century flamenco normally has not been entirely rigorous and correct. All kinds of prejudices has distorted the narration of the flamenco at that time. I will not delve into this subject now. Still, you will see many examples of this through this podcast, as we discussed in the past episode that happened with the research of the Petenera or the Jarabe. I could comment more about all this, but if we only consider these nine points, we can see that it totally changed what we have been told about the history of flamenco. We can see how many things do not fit with the reality happened in the 19th century flamenco, and we can also discover a new tremendous dimension of flamenco and how far it went. In my opinion, what really happened was even more beautiful and exciting than what the official history of flamenco says. In this episode, I intended to make, let's say, a panoramic tour of fundamental aspects to understand the flamenco in the 19th century. These have only sometimes been considered when writing the history of flamenco. In future episodes, I will go into detail of each of the points that I have mentioned. Stay calm, don't worry if this episode has been a little dense. In all episodes of this podcast, but in this in particular, I leave you homework and some elements for reflection that may help you to have a more precise answer to the initial question. Was flamenco in the 19th century really as we have been told? What do you think now? See you in two weeks.